You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Elections got nasty in the past. John Adams was called a hermaphrodite by pro-Jefferson papers. The man without the firmness of a man, nor the gentleness of a woman. Jefferson was called the son of a half-breed Indian squaw, sired by a Virginia mulatto father. Now, these campaigns were not nice. Did it get nicer in the modern era? I don't know. In 1928, Hoover's supporters attacked Al Smith, who would be, if he was elected, the first Catholic president. They called him a drunkard because he supported the repeal of prohibition. Hoover's wife even got involved, Lou Hoover, trying to get a rumor started with women about Smith's alcoholism. Hoover's supporters said Protestant marriages would be annulled by the president if Smith got to the White House, and he'd be working in direct league with the Pope. Protestant minister said that Al Smith committed a great sin, dancing. His crimes? The bunny hug, the foxtrot, the tango, and the skunk waltz. His wife Kate, they said, would make the White House smell of corned beef, cabbage, and brew. In 1964, Lyndon Johnson supporters leaked information that uh, Goldwater was linked to the Klan. Now, Goldwater received in the 64 election support from some southern states. His stance against the Civil Rights Act was one of libertarianism. But again, you know, you could be judged sometimes by who your supporters are. He certainly didn't turn away support from those in the South who opposed civil rights legislation because they were segregationists. Uh, though he didn't voice that himself. Goldwater is an early member of the NAACP in Arizona. So it's a really odd issue. Fact Magazine releases in the middle of the election an article that said 1,189 psychiatrists say Goldwater is unfit to be president. He was the product of a sadistic childhood, which made him a paranoiac who must prove his masculinity. In fact, had absolutely no proof for these charges. And it wasn't really a huge magazine either. It would only last three years in publication, and this was its big moment, Fact Magazine. But the media used the story from Fact Magazine to pick up the story.
So one thing I want to point out about that is when you hear about things like little websites, like let's say the Drudge Report, that then get things out there that then become stories. There is a little basis for that in some of the zines and mini publications that used to exist. Print driving television was a part of 60s, 70s, 80s. Henry Cabot Lodge, a Republican, said Goldwater's policy would end everything we hope for, including, Lodge said, including life itself. Hodge was a Republican. Barry Goldwater's ads showed juvenile delinquency, jumping up and down, running around, people destroying parks, and crime explanation point if LBJ was reelected, or was elected, we should say. He used Khrushchev telling the U.S., we will bury you in his ads. The real problem with uh, the Khrushchev ads is that there's an October surprise in foreign policy, and Khrushchev is deposed by the Soviets before the end of the 1964 election. Oops, got to get rid of that ad. A final irony, the other Fact magazine and the psychiatrists, uh, Bill Moyers and Richard Goodwin both consulted psychiatrists, not about Goldwater. They were worried about their boss, LBJ. Eighteen eighty-four was among the uh, nastiest campaigns, and you know the story of the child that uh, Car- Cleveland had allegedly fathered out of wedlock, Maria Halpin's child, and that story was well known. But Blaine was also attacked in that election. Blaine, it was said, wallowed in the spoils like a rhinoceros in the African pool. Republicans, meanwhile, charged that Democratic rule now almost a quarter century from what had last happened when the last had appeared in the White House, would cause the Constitution to be annulled. After the Democrats reorganized the court, the currency, they also said the currency would be debased and the public credit ruined if Democrats were elected. 1916 doesn't go down as a nasty campaign. Charles Evan Hughes was chosen for his get-along view that united conservatives and progressives within the Republican Party. And he darn well came close to becoming president. He was the only man that could unite people like Taft and Roosevelt, Hiram Johnson and Warren Harding. So he was popular in 1916. And he didn't want to go after Wilson. He didn't want to attack Germany for fear of alienating the peace vote. That task went to Theodore Roosevelt, who would campaign for him. American men and women are murdered in the high seas, Roosevelt said, referring to U-boat attacks. And Wilson has not dared to stand up to them. Germany despised him, he said of Wilson. And they sunk the Lusitania because they didn't fear him. But Roosevelt goes further, referring to the president's house in New Jersey called Shadow Lawn. He said... There should be shadows enough at Shadow Lawn, shadows of men, women, and children who have risen from the ooze of the ocean, bottom, and form graves in foreign lands. Ouch. (laughs) 
But all of this nastiness in 1916 on the part of Roosevelt may have backfired. And the warlike rhetoric may have driven peace voters away. Certainly, Hughes didn't like it. Wilson won that election. Roosevelt wasn't his self. He said, I've done my bit for Hughes. He far more enjoyed running for himself four years earlier as a progressive candidate. The three-way between Roosevelt and Taft got nasty. Taft called Roosevelt a dangerous radical in that election. The president he had just served under five years before. The most dangerous man in history he was now. Roosevelt said that Taft was a man of political crookedness. It was a way of not accusing him was a real crime. In 1972, the year of Nixon's re-election was the year of the dirty trick, or the year it got famous. In the Democratic primaries, voters got letters on musky stationery saying Hubert Humphrey had been arrested for drunk driving in 1967. Not only was it tr- not true, it didn't come from musky. They were faked by Nixon's dirty trick squad. They also put out musky letters that said Scoop Jackson had a child with a 17-year-old girl. Signs in Florida pretended to be musky ads. They would say things like this. Help musky bring in busing. Busing more children now. Not exactly the type of ad that musky wanted to see in Florida. So they caused a lot of problems. Muskie got only 8% of the votes in that primary. Watergate investigations would reveal later that aides Kenneth Clausen and Dwight Chapin did the tricks during the Democratic primary to help McGovern. 